Hiya and welcome to the Northern Girls Club podcast, conversations from the clubhouse. I am Lauren. Hiya, nice to hear from you and nice to see you. No, we need to start that again. Completely went tits up, don't know what I'm talking about. I need to yawn also, so it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Hiya and welcome to the Northern Girls Club podcast. If you usually take the mick out of Northern accents and or you are intimidated by Northern women who are down to earth and ambitious, then this is not the podcast for you. Hiya, I'm Lauren, one of your founders and I'm here with my cousin. Sasha, hello. Uh, And we are here with a guest who Sasha is going to introduce for us. So today we've got the incredible Z Jorge, who... And to quote, because I really want to do this lady justice, is the only British Muslim who travelled during the pandemic 21 and participated in two Guinness World Records on the freestanding mountain Kilimanjaro. She's also the only female civilian self-defence instructor in the Northwest (laughs) and aims to teach women personal protection. But not only that, I haven't finished. There is more, a lot more. The charity is called Defence Academy, so this is a charity that Z runs, and has been set up to empower women to lead positive lives through outdoors, education, sports, physical activity and volunteering. This is also a preventive project and gives a solution to the problems and educates the community on how to lead healthy lives and become empowered and confident. I mean, wow, where do we even start <laughs> right. with that? I was just like, honestly, <laughs> I don't even know where to unpick that. But before we start, Sasha, we're ultimately going to f- this up at some point. Yeah. We'll Z do, yeah. has every skill and quality to kick our ass to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> Z, so before we start, Z, please don't do that. But wow, what an introduction. We are like buzzing that you've chosen to come on our podcast. Thank you so, so much. It's a privilege. Um, put, let's put all of that to, start, uh, to one side just for the second, because although what you've achieved is amazing and I want to get to that like eventually, I want to know a little bit about who you are and where you're from, because obviously we're Northern Girls Club and obviously that's going to form a huge part of your story. So where are you from? I'm from a little town called Blackburn. I was born and bred. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's a lovely little town. Um, you know, there's a lot of activities that are being developed within the community and yeah, I sort of felt inspired by setting up the own charity, um, you know, through my own martial arts training. So let's go right back. How old are you, Z? How old are you now? Oh, do I have to tell yeah, you that? Yeah, come on, no one's asked. I'm 33. Right. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. We pale into insignificance in comparison to that. <laughs> Imagine being at 30. Right, I'm 32 and for comparison. I mean, I text Sasha last night this and we'll get to the Kilimanjaro story eventually. But I was doing some research about what you've done and you know all the sort of things that you've smashed. And I was Googling like where Kilimanjaro is, which mm-hmm. I'm not significantly proud of I don't teach geography so. no we, we don't know much about it right so the, it's a dormant volcano in Tanzania yeah okay it's right that Lauren did it. actually yeah. tell me the details last night yeah. we were texting the geography statistics yeah, so, yeah. and I found out that it's 5,000 meters yeah. above sea level and I text Sasha that we have absolutely no reference point because we've only ever mm. climbed Pendle and Pendle Hill itself. so if you don't know just to contextualize this so Pendle Hill is probably you know, I'm is. probably going to be wrong when I say this, but one of the biggest local hills. Yeah. And I woke up that quite often. And that is a killer for me. <laughs> and I, my personal <laughs> best at the minute, which I'm really proud of, is 17 minutes from top to bottom. Yeah. So when I woke up Pendle, I'm like, wow, I've, I've achieved something amazing here. And 17 minutes, actually, I recently found out is not that good. Most people do no, it in 12. That's pretty good. But, in comparison, but in comparison, it's 500 
meters above sea level. Yeah. So to be 33Z and from Blackburn, which I'm not doing that down. I went to school in Blackburn. Oh, lovely. Um, and I taught in Blackburn. So tell us a little bit about Blackburn and how is it that a 33-year-old mm. Muslim female comes to be all of these things when so many people would look and say, well, she's just from Blackburn. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I've really... To be honest, my journey hasn't been easy. Um, It's been quite a struggle coming from a single parent family, um, growing up in a community where it was a big stigma, um, especially back in the sort of, you know, 1980s. It wasn't very well known to, you know, come from a lack of single parent background. Mm. So it's been quite a tough, tough life. Um, But throughout my journey, I think for me, it's the martial arts. You know, I trained from the age of 12 to 13 years old and it gave me the discipline to live life up to the max at every stage of my sort of career within the sport and industry. And, you know, throughout my journey of hiking and mountaineering for 10 years, and yes, Pendle Hill was the (laughs) first one that I ever climbed. No way, that's inspiring. um, Absolutely. Did you do it it backwards, blindfolded and on your hand in about four minutes? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) But it inspired me to actually go and climb more mountains because it was like, you, you know, you've done that one what's the next one? What's the next one? And that's when I started my hiking journey. So I actually class Pendle Hill as my training camp. So essentially what you're saying is Pendle Hill today, Kilimanjaro tomorrow, oh potentially God. for us. So Absolutely. Genuinely, Z, is that realistic? Can women like me and Sasha, who are so bog standardly normal, it's painful, mm-hmm. who have on occasion climbed halfway up Pendle Hill. And then sat it off and came back down. (laughs) Decided that actually it was too much effort and just came back down and went in the pub. Is it doable with the right mindset to climb Kilimanjaro? Yes, it is. No. It is is absolutely possible because everything that you do is about your mindset. Mm. It's about having the courage. It's about having that willpower. Mm. And that's how I conquered it and became a Guinness World Record holder. Mm. Oh my God. So, okay, again, going back to you, you're into martial arts. You are from a single parent background that's given you a little bit more drive than perhaps most others who've come up, you know, perhaps with backgrounds a little bit more privileged than that. Why martial arts? Yeah, I was going to touch on that because for us, we never, when we were younger, so me and Laura did the same hobbies, we've done everything together and we never would have had the opportunity to do anything physical, anything that was traditionally male. So for you at that age to do something like that, how does that happen? So I basically uh, used to go to mosque and one of the, you know, I was a little bit of a rebel. Um, yeah, and we like that. Rebels yeah. welcome here. Yes. All rebels <laughs> welcome in the clubhouse House at always. all times. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been a bit of a mischievous, mischievous person. And um, one of my teachers and one of my students were like, oh, you need to, you know, maybe this negative energy that you have to, you know, focus it elsewhere. I was like, well, what can I do? There was actually a gym around the corner and um, one of my friends said, oh, let's go. And it was a Muay Thai kickboxing gym. And I was like, really? You know, this is a bit scary. So I do remember when I got to the doorstep of this place and seeing a ring and these boxing bags and gloves and it was the scariest moment of my life. Mm, and I, thought I bet it was. There was, you know, men training in mm. the ring and it was very aggressive. And I thought, oh, this is a bit scary. Can I really do this? But then with the courage of my friend, we said, right, let's just give it a go and and that step had transformed my life was that a male or a female friend can I just ask female female oh my god because that's brave to go into such a male dominated environment because me and Lauren and we will go into this later we have tried every gym in the world 
It's quite, quite literally we have. And trying to find one that fits has been really difficult. And we used to go to one a couple of years ago and we were terrified because we used to call it the big boy gym. Didn't yeah, we? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was an area in the gym where the big boys went and they would throw about their weights and they'd go on the treadmill. And we were, um, how old were we then? 24, 27? Yeah, so like we, grown women yeah. And it was so intimidating. We, we were semi-healthy we yeah. were sort of in the pram we were going out all the time weren't we like looking good was the was the goal it yeah. wasn't about health it wasn't about mindset yeah. it was uh, you know not to go diving into body image mm. it was you know, look slim yeah. feel good kind of thing but I'm not joking and like Sasha's not messing around here there, there was a part of the gym that would have shaped and changed us in the way that we wanted to that we did not no. dare no. step foot in mm -hmm. so hearing you now say that you did feel like that but you did it anyway. Yep. I completely echo that now. I mean, we're doing mm. that right now. Yeah, that's powerful, isn't we, it? And I wish I could go could go back to my 24-year-old self, 19-year-old self, 20-year-old self and say, yes, you'll feel yeah. that fear, but just do it, it anyway. You just have to overcome that fear. Yeah. And that's the most difficult part. I mean, throughout the full 15 years of doing martial arts, it's not been an easy ride, especially when I did my instructor qualifications and it was... It's 90% male dominated. Mm -hmm. I was always, and I'm quite slim. So it was, mm -hmm. you know, my, my image, when people look at me, they're like, what do you mean you do martial arts? Mm -hmm. Like, is it even possible? But it is because it's that determination. It's that mm -hmm. courage of female empowerment. And I did it for myself. Yeah. It was only in the last couple of years that we started supporting more women, but it was just for me. I just wanted to feel empowered mm. and feel strong, you know, that actually I can handle these issues like puberty, you know, when, you, when you're going through that and then college and then university exams. And it was all those levels of pressure. So mm. for me, that environment was the negative energy that I had. I used to get in there and release it on those pads. Mm. And that helped me, you know, because I could have been in big trouble if I didn't have that mm. within my life. I, mean, I would have gone, I would have turned a different way. But I took that route, but, one of the things is the consistency of the training. And how, yes. how was that received within your family, within your networks, within, you know, within your friendships? Because we find a little bit of this with NGC and I guess it's perhaps similar for you. They don't get it. Nope. No. They don't get it. They don't understand it. They dismiss it. They sometimes sneer at it in, in a kind and supportive way, especially generationally, you know, thinking yes. about Nana and like, yeah. They'll, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I guess for you, you fell in love with martial arts quite young. How... Did that fit with you? How did that fit within your networks? Were people great and like, yeah, crack on Z, that's great. Or were they like, what are you doing? That's not for girls. <laughs> yeah, I did get that quite a bit. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a mixture really. I mean, my family have always been quite supportive. My mom is, you know, my role model and she's she lets me do whatever. Hi, and mom. I think, <laughs> yeah, she's Love amazing. <laughs> and the fact that she didn't, she just pushed me to, to do whatever I was mm. doing and I was happy. You know, it made me happy every and I was tired and sometimes I used to come home bruised and it was like, mm. she'd be like, you're on fault, you know? Um, mm. And that was it. But that mm. made me stronger within, mm. you know, the spirit. That's what made me fit within the sort of society mm. as well. And I did get a lot of stigma from other girls. Oh my God, what do you mean you're mm. doing martial arts? And it wasn't a norm at mm. all. And the reason why I'm an instructor today is because I was the only one that was mm. turning up. I mean, you know? it's interesting because it might be younger people that are listening to this thinking, but it's not weird. It's not weird female doing um, martial arts. But when we were younger, it was. And yes. we're talking, what, how many years ago? Dare, dare I say? Like 20. 20, 20 years ago. And it really was. And we've touched on this on our Instagram page. 
So I've got three older brothers. And when me and Lauren were younger, we went to dance lessons, which is the most hilarious thing in the world because we do not have <laughs> oh, a rhythmic board in our body. And I remember distinctly, we turn up, won't we, Lauren, every Saturday, we had to wear a hideous purple leotard prance around and we hated every second of it and I well actually no that's a lie because the only second of it that we did enjoy was when we finished and we got to go in town for a greg's pasty after (laughs) (laughs) that was a reward for an enduring absolute hell but i remember i would go home and my three brothers they were in a football sunday league team that was coached by my dad and they would come home and they would be buzzing they talk about the match they talk about who scored this goal etc and i remember sitting there just thinking but i don't get it because I was never passionate about what I did. And because I'd never been exposed to, well, actually, if you don't like dancing, do martial arts, you do football, try all of these other things. And I feel like that was such a window of opportunity that we just missed and we didn't get that when we was younger. And it's such a shame, but, it is, but the tides it? are turning. So that's positive. Yeah, and you saw right. And I guess like now, you do a lot more things, don't you, when you're older, especially when you sort of broach 30 and past 30, where you think, actually, yeah, like I'll give that a go, I don't mm. mind, or I'll try. Whereas I feel like when you're younger, it's that pressure to be the best at what you're doing yes. or do what mm. you're doing all the time, rather than just doing something mm. because and you enjoy so it. you're so self-conscious at that age, so yeah. painfully self-aware, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you fell in love with martial arts in, in what in my head is like some smelly, boxing, mm. sweaty, <laughs> Rocky-esque Rocky style gym. Yes. When did you start kicking ass beyond the gym. So when did you start to think, right, this is not just something that I buzz off Mm. doing. This is something that I think I can lead in, make money in. Go on. How do we get there? um, When I hit 30. 30. When I hit big three or I was thinking, what have I done with my life? Mm. Even though I had achieved so much, but I felt like I achieved so less. Mm. So I then decided to actually... um, speak to my mentors and ask them and say, look, you know, maybe there's an opportunity we can develop a, a women only sort of a, you know, um, martial arts sort of vibes. But unfortunately, as you know, um, they, you know, didn't support me at all. They no actually, way. yeah, they actually said, oh, you're a fitness instructor. Just stick at what you're doing. Mm. Just continue volunteering for us, you know, because that's what you're good at. And because I volunteered for that gym for 15 years, I became part of the furniture. Mm. So it's what they were used to. And that broke my heart. Why do you think they were so discouraging? Do you think because no one's ever done it before that they just didn't think that someone could break the mold? Why do you think that was? To be honest, I still don't know the reason. No. Yeah, I still, and I wish I did because sometimes it does haunt me. Yeah. But to be honest with you, that was an opportunity for me to then, I did cry that night and I remember going home, speaking to my mom and she's like, well, go and do it. And I'm like, how would you do it, mom? But it gave me the courage to be able to stand up as a woman mm. and a, as an Asian woman, because there's still a little bit of cultural stigma mm. attached to mixed martial arts and women uh, within the Asian community. So that's been quite a big struggle as well. But I took the courage to be able to think, right, I want to do this. And that's when my research started. I was going to ask you that, Zee. So you obviously mentioned the stigma. When you say your mentors, were they the men that ran the gym? Was it them yes. that you were effectively uh, asking and bearing in from. mind these people were my fathers, my mentors, Absolutely. my brothers, mm. people that I had spent my whole youth with. Mm. So I did not expect an answer as such harsh. Mm. And a lot of people now when I tell them, they say, oh, they must have been intimidated by you or they must have thought you're not going to be able to do it. So they can just sort of, you know, backstab you and you're going to not do it. But actually, the where I've got to in the last couple of years is way more to what they've done in the last 20 years. So it's sort of like... 
you know, hard work pays off. Absolutely. Mm. And I do feel like no matter who you speak to, whether that's people who've gone and done amazing things like you, whether that's like your average Joes like me, everybody's got a story somewhere along the line of somewhere where someone has told them you will it. never do yeah, that. you can't do Very that. True. And I feel like that I saw sort of surmising of you as a person as to how you react mm. to that. And I know I could give a thousand Northern mm. Girls Club examples. Like even, we, you know, we're 18 months since inception. We'll touch on that in another episode in terms of how we're even sat on this sofa today. But I could literally reel off 20 examples of where people have said, that won't work, that will never sell, no one will be interested. And when you said you went home and cried, honestly, if I wasn't sat on this settee with Sasha, I don't think I would have bounced back. So absolutely, like, mm. hats off to you because when someone tells you no, mm. it... It hurts. It does. Yeah. It hurts. So I think our question is then really, what did you do next? Yeah. For people who've been told no, no, you can't do that, who go home and cry, what did you do next? I go home and cry all the time. Yeah. She does. Honestly, the Aww. voice notes, the texts that I get from her, <laughs> I'm having a crisis. It, but you live and breathe it. Like, you, you know, just the way that you love martial arts, like you cut me in, I bleed NGC. Yeah. It's what I needed when I was younger, just the way you needed martial arts yeah. or whatever. And I guess you're like way ahead on your journey mm -hmm. in terms of your charity and your defense academy and your Guinness World Record. So you obviously have got some resilience in you. Mm. Where's it come from and what did you do next? So for me, it was thinking about a plan, a structure. Mm. Uh, and oh, that's bollocks. Yeah, and, you, <laughs> and I know it sounds like, you know, so plain and dull, but, um, but you, you know, I remember getting a black book with silver lines on it and got a pen and I was like, right, I am doing this. And my best friend was Google. Mm. I'll be honest. Mm. You didn't know. I yeah. researched for eight months of how to set up a gym, what to do, and and all these different topics that I had to look at. But the the thing was, I had the courage from my mom. Yeah. If she didn't tell me that day that go and do it, I have faith mm. in you. Oh wow. Go and do it. I wouldn't be here today. But that's interesting because me and Lo me and Lauren often say that the biggest thing that inhibits Northern women is lack of contacts mm. and lack of information. Imagine if you would have known someone that has done what you are doing now and could have sat down with you and said, this is what you do. But we just don't have that. And that's what and, we aim to provide. And the other Northern thing Girls as well Club. is there are people that have done it, but they will never yes. share it. Yeah. And I have noticed that within my full mm. journey to where I'm sat here today is the people will tell you the problem. They'll tell you the solution, but they will not tell you how to do it. Mm. And that's the struggle. And mm. you think, why not share information? Mm. Why not? see other people celebrate. I think with those women, we empower women. We love helping. If somebody came to me wanting help with social media, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'd be eager mm. to help them. But when the male industry, it's not like that. It's mm. all about them. Yeah, mm. you saw, right. So obviously since Sasha and I started this journey, we, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes in terms of unpicking why we these conversations that we're having now aren't happening, why we don't have these networks. And Sasha's exactly right. Um, some of the biggest barriers for working class women, women from Blackburn, women from Burnley, women from all different towns across the North and the South, to be fair, let's face it, um, is a lack of confidence. So we don't see it, therefore we can't mm. be it. Mm. It's a lack of contacts. So I, when I started this out, I had absolutely no, honestly, this is no word of lie. And again, we'll come back to this when we touch upon NGC and how we've got it. 
Sasha and I were making PowerPoints and posting them on Instagram. I'm not even joking. We had no idea what yeah, we were doing. So our social media content was literally a slide that we made on PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. That is so cute. A screenshot. <laughs> oh, it was tragic. Wasn't it tragic? Yeah. And w- when you take that concept and you apply it to men, middle class men, middle class white men, for you know, if we're going to be specific, if they want to do something, they'll do it. Mm. Or they'll ring them in. It will finance them to do it. Mm. Or they'll know someone from uni who can help them with it. And we don't have that. Yeah. Um, so what do you think, well, let's go back. Who has helped you along the way yeah. then? Um, and how have they helped you? So right at the beginning, nobody. Yeah. So right just at the you. beginning, it was just me and a few friends and we just got together, started delivering. But the more I started sort of networking, that's one of my advantages is I love networking. Okay. And that's that really helps with sort of finding out what other people are doing and how we can connect. And I guess that's really helped to where we've got today. But I'd say throughout the journey of the last sort of five years, the last couple of years, I've had some inspirational people that have come my way and they've thoroughly, thoroughly helped me sort of shape who we are and how we're doing stuff. And, and without those people, and a few names I could mention is Bob, you know, he's my business manager, amazing guy. Bob Unfortunately, Bob. yeah. Bob yeah. is welcoming you know, Bob Bob Bob. He's met amazing. Bob, met Bob you know, another guy called Garth again. He's and, and it's quite funny now you look back at it, they're all male. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. yeah. They're actually all male. Like Moino's another guy that's really helped me as well. Another guy called Faz Patel. So there's a few mm. inspirational people within the community now. Isn't that interesting? Which, yeah. are, which are males but who are helping me. No. no, except we are we help we can we, yeah. we'll yeah, you listen. Are we one of those inspirational people? Bearing in, bearing in mind, um, the, the obviously it's within the mixed martial arts world, yeah. so a lot of it unfortunately is what still do you mean? Very do you mean we're dominated. not in the mixed martial arts world? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what gives you that impression. So let's go right back to basics then. So what is a what is a week in the life of you like? So when you say they've helped you and you're doing and you're delivering, what what, what do you do? You do? What do you get up to? Yeah. What are you doing? Wow, where do I even yeah. start? Well, can I, I just say <laughs> I, I follow you on it? Well, I stalk on Instagram. Yeah, we stalk together. the hell out of you, yeah. Instagram I'm because we're worried. obsessed with you. <laughs> yeah. and we want to be cool like you, and we want to have talent like you. We don't. So. I've seen you in the late district. I've yeah. seen you paddle boarding. I've seen you horse riding. I've seen a 62 year old complete a hike with you no, all. That is no. unbelievable. So like we kind of know, but at the same time, how does it all fit under your defense? Tra- you know what I mean? What is it? What is it structurally across the week that you do day in, day out? So day in, day out, I'm actually just doing what everybody else does. It's the housework as well. And I oh, think a yeah, lot of people yeah. don't see that. You know, oh. they think that I am this superwoman that is yeah. traveling from one destination to another. And I'm a typical Asian girl, mm. you know. I go out, I eat, I go out with friends, I cook, I clean, I do a lot of those things. But on top of all that, with the ambition and the determination, I do a lot of networking. I do a lot of social media you know, I create leaflets. So all these skills that I've learned on how to sort of run a community project, you know, that's been off my own back and research. That all comes from you. Research, mm. And that has come from me, that drive. It's like today I had a volunteer meeting and that went amazing. We did a course all together, you know, an information advice and guidance with a local CBS. Wow. That was mm. amazing. I don't even know what that means, but it you sounds like yeah. so good. Yeah. Let's make that um, line. We'll yeah. steal that one. And now ultimately our aim as an organisation is to upskill more women to create leaders within the community mm. because there's only one me. You know, and I want to duplicate me a mm. hundred times. So for that to happen, I'm now sharing all my knowledge mm. and experiences with people and, and how they can, you know, become successful in their businesses. Mm. Um, because it's important that women, you know, can look up to other women and yeah. they can help. And it's like, okay, you know, if you've got a dream, you've got an ambition, come and help, you know, come and talk to us. We can help you. 
you know, but dreams can come reality. That would be my next question. So is your biggest demographic women? So people who go to your self-defense uh, gym, people who go to your hikes, are they women yes. predominantly? Yes. And how do you get them on board? Because I think for me personally, and I've been there in the past, I see these amazing things on Instagram. I was like, I would love to do that. Yeah. But I ain't got the balls. Or I'm not fit enough to hike this. How do you get people on board with that? Yeah. How are you breaking down that yeah. barrier? I think one of the things is showcasing that it's possible to do. Because sometimes people think they're not going to be able to do it, but they've not tried it to do it. Mm. Um, so it's, you've got to try something. You know, I didn't, I didn't even imagine in a million years, five years ago, that I'd be sat on this podcast with you guys. You know? Tell us about it, is it? <laughs> 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 you you can wait up any minute, let's face it. And it's, and it's the journey. But one of the things that I'll, I, one of the advices that I'll give to all women out there is you've got to be patient and you yeah. have to be consistent. Mm. things are not going to happen overnight. Once upon a time, nobody would look at me twice. I was delivering a class and nobody would turn up. I'd have a few girls, three or four girls. And, you know, if I had given up then, I won't be here. Now my classes are full. You know, now I'm mm. wanted, not just in Blackburn and Lancashire, but, you know, are all around the Northwest. Do you know what, Z? A, well done. But B, you have hit upon an issue there that Sasha and I see in schools day in, day out. And it's really, really problematic and in a world that is so fast paced, where success is fleeting and it's artificial, it's post Love Island, it's post X on the beach, everything is now, 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 now. And it's 10 times bigger. What you've just said there hits a massive nail on the head for me. Yeah. And it's patience and it's consistency, mm. just like you said. And we could have given Northern Girls Club up when we had 90 followers and no one cared what we were posting about when we were posting our shite PowerPoint mm. pictures. We could have given up then. You yeah. could have given up when you only had three. And, but we didn't. Yes. And you shouldn't. And we can do it. You know, we're from Burnley. <laughs> You're from Blackburn. Exactly. But actually, yeah. who said there is no talent in these towns? Not us. We didn't. And if you combine that talent with those skill sets that you've just said, bloody hell, like, I think how much potential yeah, would come out it, of these places. It's a combining it and it's a showcasing it. So obviously me along and the teachers... And I have conversations every single day with the kids at, at, at school. What do you want to do when you're older? I want to be an influencer. YouTuber. I, I could bang my head against <laughs> yeah. the wall. Yeah. But then also there's a part of me that is really forgiving with that because I think actually they are saying that because that is all they are exposed mm. to. Yes. Do they know that you can be a woman and a martial arts instructor? No, they don't. They do now. Insert that, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> if they knew that, we might start hearing different narratives. So it's kind of one of those and that really I think is a fundamental aim of Northern Girls Club. Yes. If you can see it, you can be it and there is more to life than being an influencer. There is more to life being on Love Island. We have all sorts of women on our page. Mm. We've got people like you. We've got girls that fly aeroplanes. Yeah. We've got all sorts on there and I think it's about exposing young girls to the possibility. Yes. That the, 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 there is a possibility and there's a small chance that that could be you. So and, what you're doing is fantastic. And like Aziz just said, like you literally embody everything that we've just said mm. there because you like it. Yeah. That is enough. Yeah. You know, we're not sat here now because we're going to make millions, although that would be bloody nice <laughs> if we did. Yes, please. But, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. Mm. And is that not enough? Yeah. And I guess when and Sasha wanna, asked you to break that barrier down. Yeah, I just want to touch a little bit on that point. Is yeah. I actually wanted to become a teacher originally. Okay. And I've actually, um, you know, became 
um, qualified teacher. Wow. But then went into banking mm-hmm. and worked in the banks, NatWest Bank and Skipton Building Society for 10 years. Wow. So talk us through that, Lindsay. Yeah. Let's go, let's go yeah. back to that because we're a really big advocate of the jobs that we've had along yeah. the way because it's really helped us on our journey How to becoming teachers. <laughs> we won't even get into that, but <laughs> Sasha is a McDonald's veteran yeah. and I'm a Weatherspoons yeah. like OG. Made <laughs> under the golden arches I was. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that your phrase, isn't it? That's for a different episode. Yeah. But teaching, banking, self-defense, go on, talk yeah. to me. Yeah. So when I was a bit younger, I've always wanted to teach. It's always been a passion, you know, I did Which I guess is kind of what you're doing now anyway, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it just converted that energy elsewhere. But then, yeah, I sort of went into university, um, you know, qualified teacher. And then once I finished, it was like so hard to find a job. Mm. And it was like, I need money. Mm. I cannot afford to not have a job. So I practically went onto Google, customer services, jobs, came across NatWest and I just applied. I just mm. fingers crossed and I got it. And I was there for five years, got me redundant and then went to Skipton Building Society. And so I've actually got the commercial background as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then it was during COVID for me, even though a lot of people say COVID was negative. Yes, partially it was negative for me as well. But for me, it was a transformational time mm. because it gave me time to be able to sit back and think about my life mm. and reflect on what I wanted mm. in life. Go on, what, what we, is it what, that what, I, what, what did I want to do in my life? What is what that? Is, what was that? Working in the community, helping people, mm. you know, volunteering. Mm. That is a passion that I had for mm. such a long time, but I couldn't divert that energy to do it full time because I didn't, I didn't have the confidence to. But then I thought about it in lockdown. I thought, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to drop in wage. I'm not going to have a bonus. But seeing smiles on people's faces nah. every single day and helping those vulnerable women, especially those that have been involved in domestic abuse and giving that confidence to them, that was more to me than money, which mm. is the reason why I decided to set up this sort of community project. And that's so you're completely disrupting the narrative here, aren't you? So you're taking women who come from difficult backgrounds, yep. who come from uh, environments where perhaps they're not encouraged to go out into the real world and experience the kind of things that you're doing with them. And you're making them smile and you're teaching them things. Are you making money? And I know that, and I know that's like makes you bristle a little bit. But I'm listening, and I'm hearing you, and so many things that women do, yes. we get so loaded, don't we? For oh, teaching, yeah, but it's such a vocation, mm. you know. And it's you, you do, you're making a difference. Well, yeah, that's great, but are you making any money? To be honest, not as much as I want. Yeah. Especially when you're working in the banking industry, and you're the top performer, yeah. and you're getting all the bonuses, you know, top notch. Unfortunately, no. But for me, it's about the satisfaction because, you know, in my, in my religion, I believe that if you help people mm-hmm. and you get their prayers, one day you will become a millionaire mm-hmm. or yeah. you will be comfortable. And I guess that's living. not always the end. That's not how we define success, but yeah, is it? Because that's the point, because then my next question to you would be, are you happier? Are yeah. you happier now? Absolutely. And nobody ever asks that. No. People that's always the ask. They ask about your job. They ask about your wage. They want to know what house you're in. They want to know what car you're driving. Nobody ever says, but are you happy? And yeah. that's really important. It is. And to be honest, you've got to be content within yourself. And mm. one of the things that I've learned throughout life is you've got to love yourself, the way mm. you look, the way you are. Oh, crikey. And for that mm. to happen, you've got to really dive within your spiritual side mm. as well, you know, really deep in. And once you start loving yourself, anything is possible. Mm. As long as you put your mind to it, you set up a plan, you stick with it, you're consistent mm. with it, and you, you get your black results. notebook out like Z yeah. does with a Absolutely. silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting because when NGC was the seed of an idea, 
Lauren, you bought that sparkly notebook. Do you remember? Was it sparkly as well? So actually, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't sparkly. It was LED light up. It was from being a model. It did wow. have silver sparkles on and it. And you pressed it, and I got one with an L on it for me, and one with an yeah. S on it for Sasha. And I was like, "This is it. We're going to change our lives. We're going to change yeah. the lives of Northern girls. We're going to make being Northern cool." And I've still got those notebooks today. But we yes. didn't even know, and th this is similar to what you're saying, we didn't even know what it was back then. No. Yes. We just had a gut feeling and we went for it and it evolved and we took the next step. So people maybe that are listening to this thinking, oh, well, I really want to do this or I've got this idea or I've got this passion, but I don't know where it's going to go. That doesn't matter. No. Just act on whatever it is that you're feeling, do it and then see what happens and next. Buy yeah. yourself an LED notebook. Or yeah. A yes. notebook. It yes. all starts with a notebook. <laughs> it it does. Does. It yeah. No, you're so right. Right. So basically you're smashing life. Let's talk about Kilimanjaro. Yes, please. Right. For me, Kilimanjaro is something that you see on like a film <laughs> and no one ever really got, I'm I'm like the most sheltered life. I'm not that's not something I'm proud of. That's just perhaps a product of a the inherent anxiety that I've got in my body and B <laughs> I just have never been anywhere like that. I can't even imagine going anywhere like that. So please describe to me Kilimanjaro as though I have no reference of it at all because I actually don't. No. Oh. And she doesn't either. She's nodding, but she's just... To be honest, it was a transformational journey and it was, I've never, ever done anything like it. I've never camped before. No, wow. get never out. camped. No. That's not even like, we camped at like Creamfields. Yeah. yeah, that was... That's not camping, yeah. that's like slumming it. I had to, the first time I had to sleep on the ground, I was like, really? Like, oh. I'm going to have to do this, you know? And it was tough. It was really tough. The reason why I did it was because during lockdown again, even though the positives were that it transformed my life and my career, mm. but mentally it had really affected me. Okay. Mm. I remember crying for three days straight and I just didn't know why I was crying. And I kept, you know, my mom kept saying, what is wrong with you? And I said, I don't know, mom. And she's like, you know, you, this is not normal because I'm, I'm a fighter, you know, mm. I'm a warrior. So if I am in tears or I am upset, it's something big. Anyway, she said to me, it's because you've not been to the gym. Uh. Yeah. Like what? Is it, isn't it sometimes just that one bloody yeah. comment from your mum? Yeah. Don't they always know? Mum's always Don't they see right through yeah. it? She does. And I they was like, see right through it. Really? Mm. Like, and then I realised because I've been spent my whole youth in training mm. and not being able to train during lockdown without realising after about six, seven mm. months how it started affecting me mentally. And it was like, wow. And I thought I'd take action. So I started looking for gym equipment. Unfortunately, it sold out oh, everywhere. Yeah. Crazy. So I had to then go to some place in Liverpool to go and pick it up in the garden outside, which was like some old school weights and a punch bag that I brought home. And then I started training, but it wasn't the same because it wasn't the gym environment. No. It was just like me on my own in garden, mm. you know, lifting weights. But I need something bigger. What did I do? My favorite friend, Google, went on Google and just typed in extreme challenges. Oh and it took me God. about two weeks to find, I saw all sorts from like race, in race wraps, something like that it was called and all these mountains and it was the amount of it, the expeditions and all these challenges that I seen. But the world highest OCR was what really threw it out to me. And it wasn't even the Kilimanjaro climb for me. When I had my meeting with Dave and Rob, it was when they said to me, this is a chance to win a Guinness World Record. Yeah. Oh, we want then, one. We want one. My heart like, pumped and I was like, I have to do this. What yeah. is it? I will do anything possible that I need to do to do this. 
Uh, and that's when my journey started. So, so what, um, did, what did what did you do? Seriously, like, because that stepper thing at the gym is a killer. <laughs> so I assume you're on that for like hours and hours mm. at a time. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite intense training. It was three months worth of training that I did. I trained, quite inti- right, what is quite yeah, intense though? Quite intense. It's like some, in the mornings I did my cardio. So I actually had to do altitude training now because it was lockdown at the time. Unfortunately, I couldn't, well, it was semi-lockdown. I couldn't go to a lot of mountains and stuff. So I actually brought, um, well, rented out a altitude machine, which is called a hypoxia machine. And it's the mask that you wear. So you see athletes wearing them. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so you wear the mask and it's like a little machine. So I took it to JD Gym or I'd use it at home and I'd put that mask on every morning and I'd walk or jog with that. And that what it was doing is decreasing the amount of oxygen going into my body. So Mm. it was preparing me for that altitude. So bearing in mind, everybody's climbing Kilimanjaro. You know, climbing Kilimanjaro isn't hard. How long did it take? Seven days. (gasps) Wow, I'm knackered after 17 minutes. So Kilimanjaro, backpack, camping gear. Do you do it with a group of people? So it was a group of people, yes. Oh, God. So there was 46 people from Mm. 26 different countries from around the world. That's incredible. So it was actually a... An amazing experience. And that's an experience in itself, yeah. so isn't many it? People. And I bet you were the only one from the northwest. Yes. 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 Up the northwest. Yes. Yeah. I Blackburn. think a few of them were from down south. Yeah. Um, but there was only seven people from the UK. Um, and yeah, I was the only the yeah. first British Muslim woman to oh, accomplish it and in the United Kingdom. Yeah. So that's a definitely yeah. a, a, a so, women empowerment but there. I, yeah. I guess I don't know <laughs> which way your answer will go with this question, but. Was there a time on that mountain where you thought, I, I can't. I was just going to yes. I can't do yeah. it. Oh, yes. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Go on, how bad it was it? Was it was a summit night. Summit really? Night. So I've never walked in the dark um, and climbing at 12 o'clock midnight. Um, so you start your climb and around about three, four hours in, I had altitude sickness because oh. it was quite high. And I think it was sort of a little bit of my fault because I, I did walk a little bit too fast. So Porter was telling me slow down. But, you know, when you're eager, be, yeah, but yeah, I, I need to do this, you know, I need to get because... You had a certain time limit to get to the crater. So to get to the summit and then get to the crater for the obstacle course. Oh my, I can't even believe I'm hearing yeah. these words like summit and crater. Like I'm, In my head, yeah. you're like on Jupiter right now. This is just insane. Because uh, of health and safety with the Tanzania government, because it's the first time it's ever been attempted, you have to you had to get there a certain time limit okay. or else you couldn't do it. It basically it was simple as that. So only half the group actually managed to get to the crater wow. as well. Um, but so for me, it was that summit night because it was night climbing, which I'm not used to. And then obviously it was quite high altitude and I had altitude sickness. So because I felt sick twice, I had no energy left in me. Mm. And I was actually hallucinating where I sort of lost myself. And I remember saying to the porter, it's okay, we'll just go back down. You know, it's okay, don't worry about it. And and he was just like, no, it's my responsibility. And he did tell me that before we set off at the bottom that I promise you, Z, that you're a strong woman and mm. I'm going to get you to the top no matter mm. what. Wow. And he blessed him, Martin. I'll never forget him. He, he dragged me. Wow. practically dragged me yeah and it was so tough he carried my bag for me and that was the toughest bit of my life yeah I have never felt and that was because I was on my own and I had to do it mm. for me mm. and I just pushed myself and when I hit the summit and I touched that rock I was like right I'm done now I'm going back down he was like no we've got to go to the crate and that was another hour and it was like I can't do it mm. but it was like come on Z come on Z. it really pushed me pushed me pushed me and then we got to the crater and then I gave up again I was I'm not doing it and everybody were getting ready and I just couldn't do it. I thought, I can't do this. Anyway, spoke to the organizer. I'm not doing it. I've been sick. Don't worry. Go and see the doctor. Gave me a tablet. Had some banana soup. Still not felt good. And I just remember, and I don't know why, but I just remember praying to my Lord 
And then looking in my bag and I'd seen jelly beans and whoever, you know, <laughs> jelly these beans. jelly beans had saved my life because I had a bunch of these jelly beans and I perked up lying yeah. on my, and I thought to myself, okay, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. I'm going to faint. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself. But at least I'll get a record out of it. Yeah. You know, that's what I thought. It's worthy of, it. yeah, yeah, it's worthy of, it's yeah. worthy of death, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I but, did um, it, but, but I that, died. That is some proper grit. And we that talk was. about grit a lot yeah, on MGC. Yeah. And to dig that deep and to do that, that is incredible. But your answer really struck me there because... I thought you were going to say I did it. I mean, you, you have done it yourself, and I'm not taking that away from you. But you needed someone to kick you up yeah, the arse. Yes. You do, of course, and you, you, do. you do sometimes, yeah. don't you? Like you can be the most resilient person with the biggest mm. ambitions and the most. But sometimes you just need someone to say, "Get it's up, trust, get moving." It's that trust of somebody just telling you them positive affirmations, mm. and they go a long way. Mm. And you know, even when I when I left, um, and he we obviously we got a relationship going. He had a 14 year old daughter as well. Wow. Um, so I actually and, and I had a torch on my head and it, um, quite expensive but he loved it and I actually give that to him and Aww. I give so many of my clothes to him as well and I was like do you know what without your encouragement yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't have yeah. done it because I would have definitely yeah. just come down would have regretted later on for the rest of my life yeah I was yeah. gonna say you know? but the fact is at that moment in time he just kept forcing me yeah. to keep driving and isn't forward. that bizarre so just a complete stranger yes that has come out of nowhere that has enabled you to get to the top of Kilimanjaro yeah how powerful is that? Oh my god! And are you still in touch with him now? Do you still like share photos? Do you um, still... With the with the organisers, yes. Yeah. So with Will High, so we've actually got a family team now. Um, and whilst we're on this podcast, I might let you into a little bit Ooh, of a secret. Please do. God, One spill secret. the tea, Come please. On. Spill the tea. And to be honest, I haven't actually told anybody this yet. Oh my god, so, I'm buzzing. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. So there's a potential opportunity to do another Guinness World Record. Oh my God. If, Can we do, do it? No, but do we, we need to find out what it is because yeah, seriously. Let's, let's not commit. Is it Kilimanjaro? Are you going to tell us what it is? Yes, <gasps> I will. Only because I love you guys so much. Okay. Um, it's actually climbing Everest. Oh <laughs> my God. Right, Z. No, honestly. come on now. Z, honestly, right. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that because, I mean, do you, I'm speechless. I'm shocked. Listen. I feel inspired by talking to Z. <laughs> I think we could climb Everest. Right, this Z, is... Could we climb Everest? Everest. I mean, to be honest, Everest Base Camp the answer is, is no. what we're going to be going to. And <laughs> to it, be honest, well, it's you a base it's camp. camp. It's not the whole of yeah, Everest. Yeah, but <laughs> so Pendle Hill is 500 metres above sea level. Everest Base Level Camp is, I assume, significantly bigger than, higher than that. that. <laughs> yes. And like we did 20 yeah. times bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Z, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. That's it's, incredible. It's an opportunity. And to be honest, yeah, we're still working on some marketing and, and um, hopefully. NGC yeah. Cross Everest. Everest yeah. Isn't Everest, Everest is the one, isn't it, where they, most of the milestones are marked out by the dead bodies that have just been yeah. left there. They're just like sort of frozen in the snow. Yeah, I mean, not selling it to me here at all. We can take that. the flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take the flag and then when we're dead up there, at least yeah. the flag will be on Everest and Northern Girls Club. I'll know who you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, Identify you. <laughs> um, but what did it feel like yes. when you actually got to the top? Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. No, go on. Like, was, I can't even was, imagine. Yeah. I was actually emotional. I couldn't even, I was actually in tears. Mm. Um, I actually got a YouTube channel called Train With Z and I vlogged my full journey of Kilimanjaro Yeah, everybody should check that out. Yeah. yeah, so when I actually touched that, I, I was just in tears and mm. I couldn't even comprehend. And it didn't even digest to me that I was actually there because mm. I was so tired. Mm. And it was just like, I needed energy, I needed food, I needed water. And it was like, I needed that boost. And it was like, just give me something, you know, mm. I just wanted mm. to... Um, 
But I think when the sort of expedition ended and we were sort of coming back down is when it actually hit me that, yeah. oh my God, we've done this, guys. Mm. You know, all of us, because a lot of, I think, yeah, majority of the 90% of the people touched the summit and only half got to the crater. Mm. Um, and uh, and it was, like I say, a never been attempted challenge. Mm. Um, and and I, I feel privileged to have mm. done it, to be honest, especially the fact that it was a woman, you know, like myself mm. as a woman, um, because, you know, a lot of people, they do massive challenges. A lot of mm. males that you hear. Yeah. You don't hear a lot mm. of females, you know, breaking world records. Especially not from right where we're from. No. Exactly. And you're trying to make a difference in the communities. Z, wow. And I guess bringing this back to what it is that we're all about, there's going to be young girls listening to this. There's going to be women listening to this who are our age, who live in terraced houses, who are slumming it on the mate's sofas, who are students, who are going to night school, who are divorced, who for some reason, never really get that kick up the arse that you yes. got at the top of Kilimanjaro or that Sasha gives to me when I lose my head. What do you say to these Northern girls, these Northern women who think, actually, I want a little bit more out of my life. It might not be Kilimanjaro. It might mm. not be sitting mm. on a podcast. It might literally be, you know, something completely subjective to them. What What do you say to them as a woman from Blackburn? I would say conquer your own mountain. Oh, oh, we love it. We love a metaphor. It's poetic. Yes, we love that. The, we, yeah. knew, we knew we and actually wanted yeah. for a reason. Yeah, and whether that is walking 10 minutes round the block yeah. or whether that's doing Pendle. five press-ups, you know, you've got to start yeah. somewhere. Fitness, health yeah. is so important, especially after lockdown. You really need to focus on yourself. Mm. I know, I know you've, your mother's out there and you've got children and your grandparents and, you know, there's so much responsibility in life as women. Mm. We go through a lot but don't forget yourself. Yeah. Think mm. about you put yourself and first. put yourself first. Yeah. And just do that one thing that makes you happy. Find that one hobby. For me, it was climbing mountains and it still is. And I think it always will be, mm. you know, first it was martial arts. Now it's climbing mountains. Mm. I don't know what's next. What next? Don't know. But that's the power of it, isn't it? One step at a time. Yes. That's what we say. You're so, on your She's is, so on brand. Take it. <laughs> One step at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Z, we're always going to ask everybody who comes on the podcast yeah. this just because we're tragic and we think it's funny. But before we finish, what are you having for your tea? <laughs> what am I having today? <laughs> so my... Squid, never mind Kilimanjaro, yeah, Z. So my lovely sister, my only one sister, I don't have any other siblings, has made me um, some um, lentils. Oh, it's posh. Yes, yeah. it's lentils it's and chapatis. Oh, oh beautiful. Wow. Nice yeah, one. Nice traditional. One. What, what are you having for tea? Uh, are you going to laugh? There's actually a quiche in my bag, but <laughs> my bag's been in the sun. <laughs> a lukewarm quiche in your handbag. <laughs> I'm going to give you half of it. <laughs> Listen, Z, you are so inspirational. Oh, yeah. I only really wish I could have heard those things, seen those things, being around women yeah. like you growing up. Um, you are literally leading the way. Everest, wow. Netflix needs to get in touch with us because that would be a, the biggest comedy of 2022 slash 2023 if you could even get Northern Women up Pendle, let alone up Everest. But everybody, please check Z out. Um, socials, I know you're Z's. Uh, so yeah, we're ZS Defence Academy. Yeah. And um, we've also got Train With Z on YouTube. Yeah. Oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you, thank so, you so much, much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect.